Hello and welcome, my name is Matt Mayer, aka The Implications, and I just elbowed a bike on my funny bone. <laughs> Fuck, that really hurts. Amazing intro. Oh, I didn't know my arms spread that far. Anyway, uh, yes, my name is Matt Mayer, aka The Implications, columnist of the Imps Adventures series on LawsOfPain.net, and your Perfect Investing host right here on LOP Radio. This week I'm joined by one half of the Ricky and Clive show, Clive. Hello Imp, thank you for having me on once again. Yeah, once again, it's my network specialist, I guess. <laughs> You're a network specialist now. <laughs> You've graduated from just a 205 Life guy. That sounds very professional, a network specialist. Mm, it does, actually. Yeah. Like the man who comes to fix your internet. <laughs> <laughs> or be good on the internet, like a social media guru. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I see those Twitter accounts that follow you, and, it's like, and it says social media guru in their profile, and they follow like hundreds of thousands of people, now I'm like, immediately I'm like, I am not following you. <laughs> no. You full suit dickhead. <laughs> no, I am not following you. <laughs> I don't think Americans would get the full kit wanker thing. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but if just type in full kit wanker into Twitter and you'll be in for a treat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we've got a lot to get through this week. With like, I was thinking, uh, I was messaging Burn because Burn was saying, oh, well, do, do you uh, have a guest for this week? As a little hint and a nudge. He's like, yes, I oh. do. And of all the weeks... <laughs> to have booked somebody. It's like amazing clairvoyance. I booked Clive weeks in advance. It's like we knew this week would be mental. <laughs> I know. I... <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> oh, right, we've got a lot to talk about. So, first we're going to plug all of this shit because I've got multiple things to plug before we even get to the news. So, please check out the other Laws of Pain radio shows. Fridays we've got Right Side of the Pond with Mav Plan and Mazza, or sometimes Plan, sometimes he's too big because he's got his own show. Uh, Saturdays it's all about All Elite and they also cover MLW they're going through that in order it's a mix between the two covering All Elite as it's building and they're doing an MLWC Legacy series essentially and for anyone who listened to the WCW Legacy series you know what that means amazing research amazing detail just highly recommend you listen to it I've enjoyed everyone so far Uh, Sunday February 24th that's this Sunday Doc Saves Returns uh, the Doc is back, returning with a wide variety of topics and fun. That's all coming away this Sunday. <laughs> so don't forget about that. I've emphasised it. <laughs> Therefore, it's very clear what's happening. Uh, Monday is Kingdom of Honor with Jam and his friend Jeff talking Ring of Honor and New Japan and whatever other bollocks to do with American wrestling. Uh, Tuesday, yeah, but that one over. Uh, Tuesdays is Global Revolution, and live after SmackDown are Rich Latter and James Boyd with One Nation Radio. And then Wednesdays is Planned Sports Entertainment is Dead, aka Planned Seed. Thursday it's me again. Hooray! That's all the shows plugged. Next up, it's currently on LawsOfPain.net is the 2019 LOP Hall of Fame class. Uh, the nominations are underway where you decide by sending in your nominees. Go to lawsofpain.net. The link is at the top of the news list. You click on that and then there's a Google document to put them onto the official nominations list. So if, we do this every single year, but we've got a fancy document made by Sir Sam this year. <laughs> it's like, ooh, fancy. <laughs> fancy document. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the extra laugh and that gave me another laugh afterwards <laughs> for myself. Uh, and my own source of entertainment. 
And finally, we have got a little thing that's going to be plugged very cleverly by Clive, and I didn't tell him when he was going to be plugging it, but Clive's got a certain thing to plug. Well, if there are any of your listeners who also listen to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, had to get that in there. (laughs) Uh, At the end of every episode, we do a, a short quiz. Decided this year to add a bit more fun to the weekly programming that we've got, just to break things up a bit if the WWE product is getting us a bit weary. Once a month for the next few months, we will have a quiz-only episode, and we have eight contestants. We have a grouping of the Keeping It Strong style gentlemen, some Lords of Pain personalities, some Chairshot Radio personalities, and also some fans of ours as well. We've got podcasts, Visionaries Wrestling Network as well. So I won't give too many details away, but hopefully we'll start the quiz next week. That'll be the next episode next week. And it'll be a knockout tournament where the winner of the eight-man tournament will receive something fancy. We're still to determine what that will be, but it'll be nice, I promise. It'll be worth the hassle. (laughs) Something nice like a tenner. (laughs) Really thoughtful. (laughs) An Amazon gift card. (laughs) One of the old paper tenors as well. Oh, because <laughs> oh, the new ones went into circulation. It's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, so now it's time to get the actual news because there's been a mental week. So first up, well, Elimination Chamber happened and that was all interesting setting up WrestleMania. I really enjoyed the show. And I personally thought the show worked really well in kind of taking things to the next stage to lead into Fastlane. I thought, what the hell, when they announced the date for Fastlane? And I was like, what? That's like round the corner. <laughs> Why is it so close? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Fastlane is like so close. So, um, which surprised me even more when we then went to Raw. Again, so going into Raw, I'm feeling positive. I like, kind of like the flow of things and the pacing of things. I really like how the Becky Lynch storyline is evolving and changing and taking people on for a ride. My God, Twitter's been taken on for a ride. <laughs> it's going all over. In a big uh, way. And then Raw aired. And I was really confused. Because so, essentially, it really feels like to me that Vince has pressed the panic button for, what, the third time since Christmas? <laughs> Which is <laughs> mental to be changing things so often. But anyway, so... Raw airs, and I'm expecting things to just continue. You get a, a nice continuation of the Lynch feud. Uh, they've done this thing with Rousey where they have a defender title after every pay-per-view, despite the fact that on the past few pay-per-views it's ended with her, like, really beaten. Like, <laughs> Becky Lynch beat the living crap out of Ronda Rousey on Sunday. Come Raw. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte is the only... Charlotte sold it <laughs> with the visible bruise, but Ronda Rousey is like, yeah, you never would have known. <laughs> that was odd. But that's not the thing to talk about. That's not that's not the odd thing for me. The odd thing was four of the NXT's top stars getting called up to the main roster. Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Alistair Black. So four of the half-time heat six. Or the current main event six, whatever you want to call them, of NXT. Which was weird, because there was like no rhyme or reason really for it. As in, why are they panicking? <laughs> Everything seemed to be going fine. <laughs> But, you know, still the TV numbers are down and things, and there's reports coming out as to why these people were called up, but I'm not sure how much of that is just people joining dots to try and make up, make up a reason why it's happening and then calling it news. There are sites that do that, but the word going round is that last week, or some point last week, Vince McMahon, in his, like, I guess, mild panic as trying to figure out why things aren't going very well, decided to call up four of NXT's top stars and push them really hard. He didn't tell a lot of people he was going to do this. <laughs> so a lot of people were blindsided on Monday, including the previous four NXT call-ups, who have 
not <clears throat> done anything. <laughs> which was not much at all. Yeah, which is like really weird. They've not done anything with the last lot, and then this lot are coming up as well. And this is like a new. There's like a sudden like a new in, injection of energy, and another new era since our last new era. Which I feel like there was another new era before it. <laughs> it's just mental, <laughs> constantly pressing the panic button, and it's really really weird. So my quick, um, I I replied to uh, the doc's question about this, where he was asking on Twitter. What is after it being a few days now, just to think about it, what is everyone's kind of view on this on these NXT call ups? To which my immediate thought is let's wait a while because we are now at a stage where, like, every two or three weeks we're getting another new era. <laughs> so if it lasts past that, then I'll pass judgment. If not, then we're still in the thing of panic button, everything refreshes after three weeks, so there's no point getting invested. <laughs> so, Clive, what did you make of? Just the uh, the fact that those call-ups happened themselves. It's just such a head-scratcher, because we have seen wrestlers come up before WrestleMania in the past with um, Sami Zayn, most yes. recently, uh, when they started feuding with Kevin Owens quite quickly. Uh, Samoa Joe, didn't he, as well? Samoa Joe, maybe Rusev, I'm not sure if that's uh, correct or not. Can you remember that one? Um, but this, with no rhyme or reason behind it, I mean, see, the thing is, Elimination Chamber was a, a very decent, for me, pay-per-view all round. It had some f- um, filler in the middle, but it was bookended with some really good Chamber matches. You had plenty of story going forward. But, as you say, the panic button, the reset button was hit for Monday Night Raw and then on SmackDown. On this week alone, all four wrestlers have probably had more ring time than the other group that came up at the start of January. Uh it's just, I mean, it's good for those guys because they're getting, they're being seen in front of bigger audiences. They're going over quickly and te- like going over in terms of results, so they're getting airtime. It's just I don't know why it was done. I don't see what was necessary about it. It's just, but as you say, it's one of those ones you just need to wait and see. Give it another couple of weeks to see what's leading to this. Um, maybe we'll see something happen at Fastlane. I'm not sure. But the other thing, from the three of them, I would only say that Alistair Black has had his story on NXT is finished. Oh, yeah, agreed. Um, so why all, why all four of them? It's just, it beggars belief. I'm not, I'm not hating it. I just don't see why it happened at all. Yeah, because um, that's the point I tried to make in my column about this. Was uh-huh. that with, I did enjoy the matches. Like, I'm never going to complain about DIY versus The Revival. I'm not going to complain about Ricochet doing his flippy shit, because I enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) Or Alistair Black with his stiff kicks. Even if Lafayette couldn't care, I did. (laughs) I enjoy his kicks. But it felt random, just out of nowhere, just suddenly felt really sudden as well. Again, why is this happening? And then also, it was... mm, I'm trying to think of the right words to describe it. It felt like it was a bit like uh, desperate in a way it's like (laughs) (laughs) like this is that thing that you like please like it you like it don't you You like this thing i mean yeah but you've not considered the context in which we like it (laughs) you just brought the thing we like uh again the example i use in my column is video game movies where they'll bring in the thing from the video game and then they show it in the trailer and then they're like look here's that thing from the game that you like (laughs) <laughs> well, like uh, the example, a specific, a specific example, uh, the Assassin's Creed movie. In the right. Assassin's Creed movie, he jumps off and into the hay. 
<laughs> and they just that, and they show that in the trailer. It's just that thing of, oh look, isn't that cool? He jumps into the hay. This film's gonna be awesome, right? Look, he jumps into the hay. Isn't that great? That, yeah, but what about the story? Like, uh, is there a reason for you to uh, care about him jumping into the hay? Let's say, uh, no, not really. No. <laughs> and that's my feeling about the like DIY against the revival. They gave us the thing we liked without any consideration for the context. Or if these characters would fit in this completely different context the revival are in. There's a completely different narrative that's happening with the revival compared to back then. And it's a completely different world and like raw and no consideration was taken. It was just here's the thing you like, you like it, right? I mean, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't have the same it doesn't hit the same because it's just plomped right in there without really any consideration as to building it up or whatever. Because again, it felt sudden. It felt like it was Randomly decided on like the on a whim, but it turns out that's because it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I've said it. Uh, I've said this in the conclusion of my column or just on Twitter. But it's just that thing of I expect Vince McMahon to have another whim, and the question is how long does this one last? As in, if it, if we are jumping to the next whim, like in a month's time, then that really exemplifies why I don't watch Raw any, every week anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no point there's no point investing yeah. my time when in two months it's going to be like essentially non-canon I so. think it doesn't help when you have the likes of Seth Rollins um, injured oh. um, like your star players there so he's injured um, I don't I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so close I mean I don't mind that we've not got a completely fleshed out card for Wrestlemania got no problems with that but with the inclusion of these four men, it tells me that there's less idea of what's going on in April. And that's a bit concerning, that they've not got the creative or the the, the planning in place yet. Like, one example I use is uh, WrestleMania X7, which is my favourite WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's that thing of um, the build beforehand was very last minute in terms of the actual card forming and everybody knowing what was going on. Right. But you kind of, but the story there was a running story with Steve Austin. So at least like this WrestleMania, at least we have the Becky Lynch story. Unfortunately, uh-huh. especially for this week, the bit, the next beat that story needed to take was Becky Lynch not being there, which is uh-huh. kind of unfortunate because I, I do agree that I was perfectly fine with Becky Lynch not being on the show because that's the narrative beat, and it was just Lafayette. <laughs> no offense, Lafayette. <laughs> it's just. Like, yeah, it's fine. But they had nothing to cheer for because the biggest star essentially wasn't there. And the True. second biggest star wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's... But yeah, so next week, I'm not supposed to be as bad. And we saw it in New Orleans. They reacted to these call-ups. Which kind I wonder of... if they just reacted because they didn't want to be labelled the same as their neighbouring town. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to react this time <laughs> because those guys didn't. We're not Lafayette. We're better than you guys. Uh, but, but yeah, it was... It felt random... And I don't know where they're going with it. And I think one thing that really adds to this is the confusion that was all over Twitter of like, are they permanent call-ups or is this just a one-week thing to hyper hyper NXT? And don't really know, because all Triple H said is they're here tonight. And then Todd, or Tom, whatever his name is, <laughs> not to pull a Chris Jericho, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so uh, Tom Phillips, I still don't know, I don't know if that's his name. I'm, I'm full-on having a Chris Jericho moment. <laughs> so... Yeah, he introduced at the beginning of SmackDown that they are here tonight as well because they impress on Raw. That's it. Like, I, we don't know if they're going to be there next week, which then begs the question, 
why were if they're not here next week, then it was a why were two episodes entirely centered on them. Uh-huh. It, it really it makes it feel like a filler episode, like or filler <laughs> week or like a filler week when you've only got now got two weeks to your next pay per view. <laughs> why have a filler week now? <laughs> All times. See also as well. Obviously injuries can happen anywhere, but. Tommaso Champa had a scare, quite the scare, when he sunset flip power bombed Sheamus. Yeah. And do you remember? Was it Seth Rollins? And I was thinking more of the Coventry footballer David Bust. Oh, he might be before my time with this one, but tell the story anyway. It was what it was running in towards Peter Schmeichel. In a, mm-hmm. I think it was Coventry versus Man United, and his leg just buckled. Ah. Uh, just like um, Cissé a few good few years ago, mm. the, the completely buckled leg. I thought that's what had happened. Mm. And if whatever the angle going forward for Champa is on NXT, that could have been just stopped completely because it was brought up for this match. Again, injuries can happen anywhere. And thankfully, it looks like it didn't. Mm. It's just, it could have been a disaster for Champa. His career, never mind um, his lead up to takeover. Yeah, and apparently there's a scare for Sheamus as well, and he'd have he was going in with a previous injury, mm-hmm. uh, which he was recovering from himself. So it was kind of like when they threw up the X, it was like, who's it for? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be either man, which is not a great sign in the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> the good news for Champa is his character is of the puppet master, means he doesn't necessarily need to wrestle, especially if he's the champion. Like he can run away. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's fine. He doesn't really need to wrestle. It's not like he needs the experience at this point. Is what he got it. But especially when he's wrestling on things. But yeah, the other point with Champa is we've we've seen him wrestle really tough matches, essentially taped together anyway. Literally <laughs> <laughs> taped together. Yeah, so we we I feel like he's lucky because that could have been much much worse. And I think he did seem to wrestle. The, he wrestled the rest of the match, which is like after a landing like that, a lot of people might have just gone. I'm going to get this checked out <laughs> like immediately, but. He did like he didn't put much pressure on the leg, and with the roll up, it was quite evident he was trying to take his uh, right. I can't say the word. Take his weight off of his foot. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an easy. Uh, but yeah, uh, just is that imagining of Champa got injured for this <laughs> yep. would have been the like. Oh. There would have been an outcry. Mm. And like, there's one thing that a lot of people have taken a bit of uh, with. Whilst with me, like, I've always seen what happens in NXT as not necessarily canon. But it's really weird going back to NXT this week after watching this and seeing uh, like Alistair Black and Gargano and uh, Champa's characters interacting when they were teaming up on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown when Champa and Gargano is still in the middle of a feud. Like, it's not finished. There's still an unease between them. Yeah. And, and Gargano, um, I saw this thing on Twitter of um, some people saying, it's like, well, no, they got back together at the end of TakeOver. Well, if you only watch TakeOvers... <laughs> like if mm. on NXT itself Johnny Gargano has been talking about how he doesn't need Champa mm-hmm. and he's doing this he came out to show that he didn't need Champa to win that championship which is what he's saying now and now at the whilst we're watching Gargano versus Dream there was Champa watching in the bleachers or whatever they're called in that full sale arena awesome shot but it's the thing of they are not together in NXT there is still that angst <laughs> there's still yes. whilst on the main roster they're wrestling together as faces, it was so weird to each other as a face. That, that's <laughs> faces side of things. Mm. Uh, Revival have had this ongoing story about not not winning. They won finally last week, and then they lose straight away. Yeah, 
I know that happens regularly, but it's just they could have picked another tag team. Yeah, it's it's that thing of yes, it happens regularly, but that doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> could it? <laughs> it it's, it's the stop start thing which I've never really understood. Like, how is the team ever going to get over if they lose all the time? And like, the perfect example of a team getting over without with that necessity was the Shield, where they were protected in the in the like first year of a rise, and that that really really helped them. Compared to, I guess, the New Day, who were charismatic, so didn't necessarily need it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, if you look at the revival, I treat them closer to the Shield as more serious wrestlers, where they need that protection to emphasise their point. Otherwise, you end up like Gallows and Anderson, where it's just like, uh, like I don't care <laughs> what you're saying. Or the Bray Wyatt thing of, yeah, but you lose all the time, so your words don't have any weight. <laughs> so, it's like Sam Samoa Joe as well. Yeah, like amazing talker Samoa Joe, but he loses all the time. <laughs> so slowly, you're chipping away at his words having much weight to them, and now we're at that point of, like, yes, he's an amazing talker, could do an amazing feud, but I'm expecting him to be in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania, which sucks because he got injured for two in a row. And he finally, mm-hmm. finally he's fit and he's still putting on great work and he gets nothing. <laughs> it's just, it's really weird. It, it, again, it, I think the weirdest feeling for me was I like these acts and it was interesting to see NXT call-ups on their random debuts out of nowhere getting the victory because that's not common. Like even even uh, went back and checked uh, Charlotte Flair's random debut out of nowhere against Natalia in 2014. Charlotte lost. <laughs> Which is odd. To, it's an odd sentence to say now, looking at things. Yeah. But NXT wrestlers facing main roster wrestlers, normally they've lost. Which then this gives a different kind of emphasis of they are putting these guys over strong. Which begs the question of why wasn't it made clear whether they're permanent or not? They still had the NXT logos that come up when they were making the entrances. <laughs> What? <laughs> like just to make it more confusing. <laughs> so jarring. Yeah. So again, that's what my, my feeling is. Uh, it's odd. I thought this was just for this week, but then it's like reading that that these were like kind of like call ups out of a panic, and they're going to push them hard. It's like yeah, but why have they still got the NXT logos on and everything? But then there was the other rumor that there was uh, a whole angle written for the elite guys. So like the Young Bucks, Cody, I think Hamman was going to be the other one, maybe Kenny. Uh, so there was an angle written for them, and there's the idea that they're going to pull a Kofi. Uh, by that I mean it was a different angle written for somebody else, and they just gave it to these new people. So the Kofi Kingston angle was apparently meant for Mustafa Ali, then he got injured, and they just did the same angle but with Kofi, and it worked like really well, way better than it probably would have for Mustafa Ali. Devastating as that is to say, I do agree. Mm. So I think like Mustafa Ali fan, but I think mm. just because there's a familiar familiarity, podcasters. That's one word I do struggle with. The knowingness that people have for Kofi Kingston, he's got that history there, so I think it makes more sense in the long run. It's just it's just quite a hard one to take, and they both ticked that box of uh, minority champion because WWE don't really do minority champions, and the last one didn't go down well because it was Jinder Mahal. But oh. like most of it, most of that, like the champion, like especially the WWE Championship, I think that's what I'm getting to. Like the World Heavyweight Championship, they were perfectly fine. 
Like, you know, like Booker T, Alberto Del Rio, anybody. Like Rey Mysterio was World Heavyweight Champion. They were fine to give the World Heavyweight Championship, but the WWE Championship, n- not really. Mm-hmm. So with both Kofi and Ali, that narrative would have worked. But I feel like that's given a lot of momentum to Kofi because not only has he been 11 years, but the fact that he's African-American means a lot. <laughs> the fact that he's going for the WWE Championship because it just doesn't happen in WWE. Where he's, he's not African, he's, he's Jamaican, he's not African American. No. <laughs> no, he's Ghanaian. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think my nickname was the Jamaican Ghanaian from Boston. So, yeah, that's what it is. But yes, um, yeah, it's an amazing story with Kofi. But so, uh, the kind of, when I call it the Kofi scenario, it looks like maybe... They have taken the storyline which they've written for the elite guys and they're just going to give it to these NXT guys instead. Like an invasion-y kind of thing. Maybe, because... I don't know, because... They, they must have known come... The, was it the 8th of January that the announcement was made? No, it was New Year's Eve or something where all elite yeah. wrestling was announced. Yes. So they, yeah. they've known for seven weeks now that the Young Bucks and Cody weren't coming to WWE, so I'm not sure if they would have run that angle later on. Because it would have made more sense with uh, Phoenix takeover and the halftime heat. That kind of drew a line in the sand with all those men, and it would have been it would have made more sense to call them up earlier, because it's a, a fresh start for the majority of them. Mm. And of course, that rumor that I should be talking about requires you to believe that WWE writes and plan things months in advance. <laughs> it's like they might do, but it changes every single week to a point of uh, no, you don't. <laughs> Just. Something yeah. maybe, yeah. Sometimes maybe, but on majority, like even like, even if it is written months in advance, you never know if on the night something's going to change because reasons. Well, I will. I'll take it to my grave that the Boston Hug Connections therapy sessions, the couples therapy, <laughs> was a precursor to them winning the tag team titles on Sunday night. I'm confident that was the case. <laughs> uh, yes, it wasn't a dropped angle which they deemed not working, so they just pretended it never happened. No, no, no. <laughs> no, everything, you know, it's canon. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, uh, but yes, it's a very interesting week. It's taken like 25 minutes to get through all that. Which, you know what? I think that leads to a very good ad break. <laughs> so, I'm going to take a uh, quick little break to pay for all this loveliness on Laws of Pain Radio. Uh, when we come back, we're going to start going through the network shows from this week, where there's news on those in themselves. Yet, yeah, Don't forget, a lot happened on the shows themselves this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we'll get to them after this quick little ad break. See you in about five seconds. As your interior designer, I'm saying do everything in black. Walls, sofa, carpet, goldfish, everything. Um, can we not have a bit of colour? Maybe one tiny highlight in Battleship Grey. It's your home, so you should be in charge. With Avancard's flexible home improvement loan, you are. You can choose any repayment period that works best for you up to 84 months. That's seven years. Find out more at avancard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. New applications only. Seven-year term applies to minimum loan value of €20,000. Avancard Act Trading as Avancard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Ten. And welcome back to Perfect Ten Wrestling as I have forced myself to have to edit that because I went... (laughs) This is just lovely. But now I've made a joke, I can't. (laughs) Well done, mate. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so the results of the WWE Network shows. First, we'll start with NXT, the results on Laws of Pain, courtesy of J. Cole. So we had three matches tonight, and we had a few interviews and random VTR stuff in between. So we started off the show 
with Alistair Black's music playing, which felt really weird <laughs> after Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> it was just like, oh, it feels weird to go back now, <laughs> just to the arc that we were having. <laughs> like, okay then. And uh, he faces Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era. And it's a it's a decent opening match going back and forth until Alistair Black decides enough's enough. <laughs> Which would be the way to explain it. It's like, until the main event guy decides, yep, time to win the match. <laughs> like, that's the thing that reminds me of The Undertaker in a way. Like, Alistair Black, he reminds me of, the, of like the, um, the more human version of The Undertaker. Uh-huh. Like in the late 90s where he was very... The gothic version, like just before he turned into uh, American Badass. Right. But that a version where uh, he'd just randomly decide, <laughs> like, yep, uh, I am, I have full control of this match, even though I've taken some offence. The reality is I'm going to hit a choke slam now and win. <laughs> so, the same with Black, with the Black Mass. <laughs> the, eventually he hits it and Roderick Strong and wins. And I can't remember if there's any build to this. Everything is rooted here. But I was, pl- I was happy to see it because I like both guys. <laughs> it was a good match I'm trying to remember myself if there was any build up to it um, it feels as if I've not apart from last night it feels as if I've not watched NXT in weeks because of all the carry on that happened this week mm. yeah like, I covered it last week so I definitely watched it uh-huh. <laughs> but so much has happened in one week <laughs> it feels feels like it's been ages it's just so taxing on the brain. <laughs> just, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, uh, but yeah, decent opening match. I didn't really feel like there's much else to talk about it because we can't remember there's any story, and it kind of seems to just end there and then in a nice way. Uh-huh. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's been the whole thing with Alistair Black and Adam Cole butting heads again, mm. and I think it might have just been a a match that was announced to in a, in advance. I think I'm not too sure. That's quite bad journalism from us here. <laughs> well, I'm pretty certain last week's main event was Adam Cole versus Ricochet. So they've had their little thing and their little tiff. And they've had, they've had their match to work it out. But I feel... Was there a run out at the end of all the wrestlers hitting moves and things? Or am I being stupid? It just ended. I think it just ended. <laughs> That's, shows what I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that before we dig any holes of just proof of we don't remember anything. <laughs> poor, poor, poor presenters today. <laughs> it's like me accepting that I was going to be using Toy Story gifts from now on. <laughs> and then I suddenly realised I didn't know the names of a lot of characters, so I couldn't find the gifts. <laughs> it's like, damn it, I'm being exposed. <laughs> I'm not a real Toy Story fan. <laughs> <laughs> right, so next up, we have Mia Yim versus Jaya Lee. Where there was a little backstage segment, I think this was now. I don't know if I'm being weird. I can't remember. When Shayna Baszler and her gang they attacked a load of folk. Yeah, well, there was a there was a video beforehand where Bianca Belair was talking about oh, uh, yes. Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. They were wanting to be the champion, and Bianca Belair was saying, "Oh, no, I don't think so." So they'll have some meetings in the future, I imagine. Hmm. Uh, and then it was a match with. As you say, Mia Yim and Zia Lee. It's quite weird. Is it Zia Lee? Yes. Because... Uh, I've said Jaya, but who knows but... how I pronounce things on WWE television? Mr. Dijakovic. No, 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 oh. no Dijakovic. Oh, no. <laughs> like, no, I'm not having it. No, Dijakovic. I'm, I'm saying it how I want to say it. <laughs> okay. It's just bizarre that we've got on NXT UK as well, we've got Zia Brookside. So there are two women called XIA in ah. WWE's umbrella. 
Yeah, that's it. Shows how wide their breadth is. I don't know. Acceptance. <laughs> the, thing. <laughs> they've broken down the xenophobia. <laughs> they allow every nationality now, and the and the good news is that uh, Chinese wrestlers no longer have to come out to Ponky Plonk music. <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> they've moved past the stereotype music. <laughs> like well done. <laughs> like Asuka comes out to an actually cool song. Uh-huh. <laughs> the good times. But yes, this was a... Uh, yeah, I saw somebody hype it up on Twitter as a clash of styles. of uh, my, Mia Yim's more, I guess, street, <laughs> ground and pound yeah. style, and Jai uh-huh. Lee's trained martial arts style. Uh, and yeah, it was an interesting clash. I think it was a wrestler who said that, but it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting clash of styles. Uh, Mia Yim, uh, what, the spot I really liked in this match was when Jai started doing her kicks and Mia Yim kept dodging and was like, whoa, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it, you got good kicks. <laughs> Like, calm down. <laughs> Can we get back to the match, please? <laughs> I thought, yeah, I really like that spot. But, I, I do. I'm quite fond of Riley. I think she's going to do quite well for herself, actually. At least I hope she does. I've been impressed uh, exponentially by her since her May Young Classic entrance and stuff as well. My fear, well, I say it's a fear, but it kind of like that doesn't mean I can't speak. It might just be where she falls. But I feel like uh, she hits one note really well, but she's essentially one note, so I don't really know how high up the car she could climb. But then there's like the, she could be the Steve Blackman <laughs> of the women's division. <laughs> just, That's oh. not a bad thing, is it? <laughs> <laughs> like just that for like mid card lifer, but mm. everyone will be like, I remember that guy. I love that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's never going to be main event. So that's kind of how I'm seeing Jai Elite at the moment. It's just that mid-card wrestler who's got those devastating kicks, but that's pretty much all they are. Possibly. <laughs> what are you on about? Steve Blackman had nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Charlie's got a fan. <laughs> He's essentially Steve Blackman. <laughs> Easy comparison to make. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, um, Mia Yim is like a much more character in a way. Uh-huh. She's got a lot more to her. So she'd probably climb a little bit higher, but she's very early in her NXT life. I feel like she's going to get a character worked out for her, and I don't know if she's going to fall on heel or face. She's kind of face at the moment because of how much people liked her in the Mayon Classic. And I'm fine with her not really getting a character yet. I'm slowly mm-hmm. figuring it out over time. I guess like Keith Lee, when he debuted, it's been like slow vignettes over the course of his time being NXT, and his character's slowly developing every now and then. Uh-huh. I see that. Yeah. I see that happening with me and him. I've just remembered, I think those two are dating in real life. And I've accidentally made that link, not on purpose. <laughs> I'm mentioning those two. Uh, me, I, um... Things come across my Twitter. Yes. And most of the time I don't pay attention because I'm like, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and then on this show, I randomly decide to mention it. <laughs> ah. <coughs> but yeah, so uh, what do you make of Miriam so far? Yeah, she's good. She's, as you say, they've not rushed her. She's being used enough. I think she was on NXT UK a few weeks ago as well. Mm. Uh, was it against Jenny? Yeah. It was in Phoenix, so it wasn't that long ago. And I want to yeah, say Jenny, yeah. Must have been last week or two weeks ago. Um, she's good. Um, still a bit of work to do just with the character. As you say, I'm not sure what side she'll fall on, but she has been attacked by Baszler and her mm. um, version of J&J Security. And... <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of them at all. I can't. Get, I can't get behind them yet. I think. I know we're talking about Mia Young, but I think they are devaluing Shayna Baszler's credibility. To be honest with you, yeah, because it's, she's hmm. so green. 
Yeah, that's my immediate thought as well. Like, there's that push, obviously, for the four horsewomen angle, which will get loads of media coverage. Why? The issue is Duke and Shafir. Oh, I'm getting so close to learning their names. That's right. Uh-huh. You got it. <laughs> but yeah, so those two um, are so green that they need more time in NXT. And because uh, it made me laugh the other week, I brought it up on the show. It was that the, the crowd were chanting, uh, You can't wrestle. And I was like, Oh, and the indevelopmental. Oh, how convenient. Uh, <laughs> like, the place <laughs> to be, if that's the case. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you that they need so much more time. And I think the reason I feel like they're devaluing is because I see them getting called up as a unit together to join Rousey really soon. Uh, and they are not ready. <laughs> well, they could always have like a really lesser role and learn on the job, which does happen. It does help sometimes. But that's still... that. That means the four horsemen against each other will not be equal, and it won't be. It won't feel right whenever like the MMA gang get their victories because they're still very green, <laughs> and it's going to just take time to get over that. I think. I think it's Jessamine Duke is the tall blonde one. I, she she looks like she can't even walk properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, oh, just, I don't know if the reference is lost on you, but uh, Taiji Ishimori in Japan, the Bone Soldier for Bullet Club. He walks like he's got wooden legs. <laughs> like he's got toy legs, like he's an actual toy soldier. It's really weird. Like the, the pirate from Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, oh, did you watch, was it Small Soldiers? Uh, I think that was on telly over Christmas. Oh, was it? Oh. Uh, but yeah, because they're toys, obviously, so they don't walk quite right. Mm-hmm. So Taiji Jimori reminds me of Small Soldiers, <laughs> just because of the way he walks. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean with Jasmine Duke. To bring it back, <laughs> but yeah, she she looks still a bit uncomfortable. Shafir looks more comfortable. That may just be because she's Roderick Strong's of the half and is more used to the world. If that makes any sense, or being around the ring or whatever. Uh, she's a lot more comfortable, maybe because of that. <laughs> That's all I can think of. <laughs> it's like I was thinking, well, surely. They've been to wrestling shows with Baszler because I know she was like a super fan. Uh, she actually go to. She's uh, you can, if you. It's really weird now watching uh, pro wrestling gorillas uh, battle of Los Angeles. Is that right? Yeah, Bowler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, in the last one I watched, maybe that was twenty seventeen or eighteen. Uh, Baszler is in the crowd going mental for it. <laughs> but back then I only, I remember her as oh she's one of the four horsewomen, but I'm not into MMA enough to know her name. And now it's like, ah, there's WWE superstar Shayna Baszler. <laughs> <coughs> but yes, I agree. Uh, they're still very green. They need a lot more time. But in terms of the horsewomen angle and if Rousey does stay, that's the other thing that's up in the air, what if she doesn't stay. But uh, Shayna Baszler's ready. They are nowhere close. She's very ready, I think. Mm. Right, she, she could be called up tomorrow or like immediately after WrestleMania to start an angle or something. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on Rousey. Compared to these two, who I feel like they need more time. But if you're doing four horsewomen, you need all four horsewomen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's an odd one. What do they do? I'm not really sure. But Maybe yeah, that could be a Survivor Series match, and you've got uh, nine months till yeah. then. So yeah, that could work. There's room for improvement in there. And you could have Baszler on television more regularly and Rousey maybe takes a step back and does fewer dates or something like that. Yeah, because she wants to do things. <laughs> and it's not, and it's none of our business. <laughs> he wants to do things. That's right. 
<laughs> she's so, so not a baby face <laughs> she comes across as they've uh, missed a the trick there I think yeah she's very naturally healed but I love the idea of she's essentially superwoman until like superwoman can only be interesting for so long until she becomes a heel or just like an arrogant dickhead in a way <laughs> and for me she's crossing the line now as in her character is reaching that point where she, they are switching from superwoman to arrogant dickhead uh-huh. but WWE aren't good enough writers <laughs> to realise it's happening <laughs> whatever uh, they're doing Becky Lynch well they're doing Charlotte well Rousey still left to be seen if they've caught on onto how the crowd are organically switching with her but whatever it's, uh, it's but, one of those ones I just think I, I know I understand that Rousey has a lot of work to do to be the whole package um, because performing in front of a WWE audience is essentially like pantomime but I've got time for her, I've got patience, and I think she's in a lose-lose situation. If she sneezes, people hate her. <laughs> if she doesn't sneeze the next week, people hate her. So it's hard, it's hard to really judge how she's doing because of the fan sentiment towards her. Well, like this week in the main event where she tried to be a high flyer, <laughs> which was really funny. It just, uh, and I tweeted out the clip of it with... Um, Buzz, we're flying! It's like, no, falling with style. Because <laughs> she just completely misses them. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, so we were talking about Mia Yim Jai Lee and when someone yeah. happened to Ronda Rousey falling with style. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, decent match. Uh, don't know where Mia Yim's going, but she got a victory, so that's momentum. And Jai Lee got to do her kicks, so that's good enough. That's all she needs to do. She didn't even need to win, just get good kicks in. That's uh-huh. good enough for me. Uh, so my only note after this, I've got Matt Riddle's interview. If, have I missed something? I don't think I have. That's it. Just the the announcement of the Dusty Classic, probably. Oh yes, they they announced. Uh, is it two weeks it'll be starting? I think so. Yeah. And they announced the first four teams, with the next four to be announced next week. Unless you've seen the spoilers on Twitter, then you know everyone who's in it. Uh, I've not so, seen them, thankfully. I saw them, but I only only read two of them by accident while scrolling past it. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we got the interview with Matt Riddle, interviewed by Jeremy Borash, former TNA man, the man who directed the uh, final deletions and all of that stuff. <laughs> He's a secret genius. <laughs> Like everybody compliments on Matt Hardy and uh, for getting all those things together, but Joey Borash filmed and directed all of them. <laughs> like he had a heavy influence in all of those, and proved he knew what he was on about by doing uh, stuff without them. Like after the Hardys had gone, they did another deletion type thing, and right. it went over really well. <laughs> it's like he knows his stuff. Yep. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Uh, but yeah, so he's here with his beard interviewing Matt Riddle, and we got to hear how Matt Riddle repeats his lines given to him and the answer is not very well. <laughs> He's, the, for me, the only line he nailed is when he went bro at the end. <laughs> so, yeah. I believed every second of that bro, but everything else... Like, yeah. He said something... I've, I've made it known that I'm not his biggest fan because of all this bro stuff, but he said that a certain wrestler in the past told him to act as if you should be told to calm it down rather than be told to do more. And I think that's, whoever told him that, that is good advice. So that's why he's so out there, so outlandish maybe. Uh, it's, it's not so much that he's outlandish, it's just the, 
it, it sounds dense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the um, it's the bro wheeze oh. <laughs> kind of pace of speaking. <laughs> it's, it's really weird because I, I don't know if um, like how many Americans are aware of this, but uh, in the UK we kind of view Americans as slower speakers, and they, they speak a bit slower pace than we do. Uh, and Matt Riddle speaks at a slower pace than most Americans. <laughs> so for us, we're kind of sitting here just like, yeah, and come on, Matt. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's very slow. <laughs> it's kind of his delivery. Just like, step by step by bro. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, so I really like Matt Riddle, but I, I, you can kind of see that he needs a lot of work on his promos. Mm-hmm. And he don't know how far he's going to get. But he does have the benefit of he is an amazing wrestler and he's got that MMA background. So, yeah, like in the ring, he's kind of like Shinsuke, where in the ring he speaks all the words he needs to. Uh-huh. But I don't know why my suggestion was treat him as a foreigner. <laughs> just Like, yeah, he gets all his character across in the ring. He doesn't need to do promos that much, just like a Japanese man would. <laughs> like, no, he just smokes weed, Matt. <laughs> he doesn't need. Uh, but yeah, I feel like with a bit of work, he could be good. And he's a really. He's one of those guys who everybody gets on with as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he's amazing with fans. And I feel like that's <laughs> something I've not had since Finn Balor. Like, somebody who is incredible with fans. Right. Uh, and I feel like he really could take NXT off the back of that and the way that he connects with people who really could be the next NXT star. Oh, no, okay. But, but he needs work on his delivery. That's about it, really. Like, it, that won't happen if he doesn't really connect in that way. As in, once he's out there in the ring, even when he's just, again, just talking to the fans around side the ring, he's fine. He's really, really good. He's, he's amazing. It's just the like promos and things where he is no Velveteen Dream. If he was to wrestle Drew Gulak every week, then I would be oh. happy. <laughs> well, I didn't know that uh, he and Gulak were a tag team together. Yeah, yeah it was doing... um, a stable. I, sh- I can't remember the name of the stable, but it had TJP, it had a few others, yeah. uh, and it was all about that shoot wrestling. What's the name That's... of that stable again? <laughs> I, was say, cause I think, it, was it you who did the research into uh, like Drew Gulak's Evolved character? It wasn't, no. It wasn't. Oh, somebody somebody in the forums did a column. For, I want to say it was a year and a half ago, maybe. Like, back in 2017. <laughs> but it was a very good column. I did do a column on Drew Gulak, but it was more just about his 205 stuff. Ah, right. Yes. You see, you are, you are the Lords of Pain 205 specialist. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> We're saying specialist now. It's more market. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that um, label, definitely. <laughs> It's like when one of my teachers once called me Big Man, and I was like, yes, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, so, yeah, the interview. I I kind of agree that I kind of like the sentiment of the interview, but, yeah, it was just delivered in a, this is developmental, and it feels like a developmental interview. (laughs) So it had that about it. Uh, But then we very quickly moved on to the main event. I suddenly realised, oh, this is the main event. How cool. And if I'm right, this is the match where they filmed two endings... So nobody yes. knew which one they'd air, which is Apparently cool. so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's cool, that is. You've got no spoilers. So <laughs> it was for the North American Championship, uh, Johnny Gargano defending against Velveteen Dream, who was using his World's Collide opportunity and went for the North American Championship. And this felt like an NXT main event. They gave him like a good half hour. The show went to the hour. 
which is not very often. Quite often it goes to like 55 or something, but this was fully <laughs> to the hour. Only NXT UK seems to hit the hour, maybe because they think we're more used to that. <laughs> yeah, our television is different to America. Our hour shows are actually an hour. My God, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this was for me. This was an NXT main event in every sense. Uh, it's got the more slower paced style that you don't normally see on WWE TV in those opening minutes. But it is it adds to the story later on. Like, I see this especially in a lot of Johnny Gargano matches where the pace is a lot slower for the first like five minutes or so. But then it seems to all feed into the final five later. So it's, it's all necessary. It all works really well. Yeah. Uh, and this match did kick up that pace right at the end and turned into another amazing North American Championship match on NXT. Uh, if, because uh, my rule when I was younger, when I was getting into WWE, when I figured out, ah, so if the match for the title on television ends up being really good, that's normally because the champion is dropping the title. <laughs> they happened so frequently in the late 2000s <laughs> that's how I viewed it uh, <laughs> but yeah but in this day it was they filmed both endings so I had no idea who was going to win and of course the call ups just made everything confusing with the evident like last minute Nigel McGuinness voiceover of oh by the way this has happened this week and it's changed everything we're going to include it as if it was planned <laughs> I know I know <laughs> I really like those. <laughs> the way it's evidently filmed, not then. <laughs> it's just like, oh shit, we need to change everything and do a voiceover because everything's changed. Uh, but yeah, so this was a really, really good main event and the crowd were mental for Velveteen Dream at the end with his amazing counter into the rolling uh, thing. <laughs> what is it? We yeah. get him on the shoulders and then does a, does a roll. Oh, the Dream Valley Driver. That's it, Dream Valley Driver. That's it, Death Valley Driver. I'm, a, I'm meant to be a wrestling nerd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he does the Dream Valley Driver, steps up again, hits a second Dream Valley Driver, seems to fall perfectly towards the corner and up onto the top and hits the Purple Rainmaker and wins the championship and the crowd go crazy. They went crazy even before he climbed the ropes, <laughs> which uh, says how over that man is. And yeah, so he is the North American champion, which is awesome. Yeah, I am really happy for him. I know that Maverick's not a fan of his, so... <laughs> Um, but I've really enjoyed his story, his journey over the last year and change of NXT. He started off, obviously, he's all bluster and um, in your face, but there was an insecurity about him where he was wanting Black to say his name and wanting recognition from other wrestlers. And he's got the confidence in himself now with what happened at Worlds Collide. Uh, he got the victory at halftime heat, didn't he? Yes. I think he did. <laughs> I'm not certain yeah. about that. Uh, so he's he's riding on a big wave of confidence so I've enjoyed that arc of him becoming more confident in himself and you saw in the pictures there was a couple of pictures you know Triple H does the, the point oh yes uh, Patrick Clark looked really happy with that and it was really nice to see some vindication there validation for his work that he's put in the last year and a bit yeah it's uh, awesome to see it happen and I don't know if there is a bit of a uh, cocky thing with the call me up Vince pants that got him into trouble. <laughs> but, but the internet loved those, <laughs> even if they probably got into trouble backstage, because uh, apparently he didn't really tell officials that he'd got them. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh. <laughs> Triple H saying there are certain calls you don't want from Vince, <laughs> which I thought that might be one of them. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so this is like a vindication of him becoming the champion in a way, just showing that you have improved to this awesome point. But of course, 
in NXT now, the world title has huge stories revolving around it. So it feels like the North American Championship becomes like you've proved yourself or this is the wrestler belt and the main title is heavily involved in stories and like you are the top marketed guy in a way, which is awesome to see. Which makes the call-ups confusing because Gargano and Ciampa feel like me locked in that main event scene. And I don't know if the plan was to do Ciampa versus Gargano at TakeOver Brooklyn, I want to say. But we, but now that's probably not going to happen because they're teaming up on the main roster. So, who I knows? Don't, <laughs> I, know, I don't think I'd want to see them fight again. I've not... I enjoyed the story, but they've had their time. Yeah, like I, they are ready to be called up. They're at that point where they're just coming up with new things to kind of pass the time towards the next takeover, do your next match. You're, uh, using the half-time six, you set up your card and off you pop. Where I think maybe the last time you were on, I was talking to Jekyll, which is that thing of, I feel like we're reaching that point where the current crop are ready and we're getting ready, we're ready to move on to that new era. Like we had with the Rude Sinsuke and Samoa Joe era and the Finn Balor era, whether who's with <laughs> in those eras. There were people who were there and they were more than ready for months and they were just kind of killing time there. I think Finn Balor was one of those people. Like He, he was the NXT brand and I feel like that's what's happened yes. with these guys in a while. Like these six guys have become the NXT brand yeah, and definitely. they're kind of just killing time <laughs> until the call-up finally happens. And it seems to have happened just in a very weird way and no one's really sure if it actually has happened it's so confusing <laughs> no one knows bizarre times ah right and that's the end of NXT uh, a decent show with a fantastic main event and yeah so put that main event in your watch list I, thought, I think I said I was going to do that a few weeks ago then didn't last week <laughs> but yes <laughs> on your watch list uh, add Dream vs Gargano great match now we move on to 205 Live, uh, reports on Lords of Pain courtesy of Clive himself. Uh, we only had two matches tonight, but we got lovely uh, Drake Maverick at the start giving us some news. So, yes. it was announced on Tuesday that there was going to be some news on 205 Live regarding the Cruiserweights and WrestleMania, and it turns out it's going to be another tournament. So they're going to be doing, I think, eight wrestlers, I think. Yes. And whoever wins faces Buddy Murphy at WrestleMania. Wait, That's correct. Yes. So it's, it's interesting because, of course, last year was the finals was the match, which was like an awesome moment. But I don't know who... I feel, I feel like when I heard eight, I was like, hmm, I think that t- means the tournament is smaller and that probably means there's going to be no surprises. Uh, I don't, see, when I was watching it last night, for some reason I thought those were tournament matches. <laughs> um, so I was thrown at the end when Maverick said, oh, it starts next week. Oh, all right, I better change a lot of the wording of this column then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Ju- it was these. This is like a final chance for these guys to prove themselves. It was like ah, another filler episode then on WWE mm-hmm. television, <laughs> essentially. But at least on the two or five live, there's character work which will be canon, <laughs> like going forward. It's, that's like, got one thing going for it. Mm, like you, it's one of those where investing your time, you are rewarded. Which NXT does well, NXT UK does well, New Japan does well. Uh, the Elite with their shows on YouTube, they do that well. The more the more you watch, the more you get out of it, the more you get invested. Mm-hmm. You're not punished for trying to st- find out the continuity. <laughs> it's just a mental after say that sentence. But yeah, so this but this was essentially the tournament starting not this week. So like wait out. But if I'm right, that means eight competitors, four matches, two a week. We'll get there very quickly. We will. Which is interesting to look at. 
But that's why I thought there wouldn't be any surprises because you look at all the wrestlers there. My first start, my first reaction was there are eight wrestlers, right? Because <laughs> so many. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> like we, we lost Ali, we lost Itami, and it was like actually that it's like two people from the top of the card are suddenly gone. <laughs> so was that? And then we saw. Uh, did we reveal all the matches? Uh, the matches announced so far are Nice versus Kalisto and Drew Gulak versus the Brian Kendrick. Uh, yes, that was it. Uh, and I'm assuming the guys who wrestled this week will also be on in the tournament. Maybe. I, uh, I imagine there will be a rematch between the two men in the main event from last uh, Tuesday night. Hmm. Which means it's interesting to do that this week uh-huh. <laughs> when you're assuming these are the guys in the tournament as well. Uh, the only one I'm not sure about is Aria Davari, because he seems to be uh, beating up jobbers and fix it, sorting out his character. I don't know if he would be in this, or if they just keep slowly doing his character and figuring that out. Uh-huh. Maybe he did mention he would be at WrestleMania, so maybe he will be in it. Oh no, he'll be in the Battle Royal. That's what that means. Uh, <laughs> but if he got a promo about um, getting to WrestleMania, that probably means he will be in the tournament or something about that. It's odd. Oh, Noam Dar as well. He had that awesome match with Tony Nese. Oh, fantastic match. Yeah, I completely forgot that Noam Dar would have to be one of the eight and that makes things interesting because that means one of these guys wouldn't be in. So, uh. I mean, Canelis is still adapting. Carrillo is young, but oh. he'll, he'll be in there. They're pushing Carrillo. I think that'll take us to the first match. So we had um, Humberto Carrillo, Engelbert Humperdinck, <laughs> <laughs> facing TJP and his new facial hair. <laughs> which is obviously like the most important note about this match was not the Drew Gulak and Gallagher trying to get Carrillo as their underling but TJP is now a man <laughs> he has an artist, artist Finally, goatee <laughs> as a fellow wearer of the goatee I am all for this new look <laughs> it's, it's weird because like, he's still got the um, like 30 year old who hangs in high school bleachers look about him <laughs> but he's now got the artist goatee yeah. <laughs> so he's more hipster which is interesting. I think he's got a new ink as well. He's got a lot more tattoos. Yeah, there's some passage on his chest. Oh, Not sure what it says, though. Which surprises everybody. Oh, oh TJP can read. <laughs> it doesn't, oh, it's got a passage <laughs> on his chest. He must know what it means. Uh, but yeah, this was a another, I guess, line of getting Carrillo over... But also the next... It's weird because I'm not really digging Carrillo because I think I said before, I really liked him in his tag team with Raul Mendoza on NXT. Yeah, same here. But then they called him up by himself and it was like, no. <laughs> like I might have preferred the spot to go to Mendoza rather than him because we all, we all saw oh. how impressive Mendoza was in the Cruiserweight Classic. But then he was in the tag team with Stacey Evans. Stacey, is it Stacey Evans Jr. or something? Yes. Uh, last um, week? Yeah. So what happened on NXT last week, sorry, so what happened with Raul Mendoza? It just seems it's uh, Humberto Fever on the network right now, it's bizarre. <laughs> and he, he's alright, but he's one of those where you go, yeah, he's got loads of potential, but he is like, what, 20? <laughs> something ridiculously young. So is it feels he? weird. Yeah. I, thought, I want to say maybe 21, 22 or something. He is very young. But yeah, well, this, it's weird because the other people of that age who have been showcased are kind of like generation wonders like Tyler Bate or, uh-huh. like in, or Pete Dunne just like insane for their age rather than promising for their age which like to be fair most people at that age are promising uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just, I can't wait for the, the, the kayfabe wise I'm not wishing harm on a wrestler 
But I can't wait for when Drew Gulak rips his head clean off. (laughs) (laughs) See, my assumption is they might be doing the Carrillo pretends to go with them and then he's like, nah. And he ends up uh, fooling those dirty heels. Like, oh, he fooled the Rascalians. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the crowd goes mild. Don't <laughs> <Really. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I yet. I mean, to be fair, 205 Live is always going to be in front of mild crowds now. Which, for me, uh, to get this is awesome chance in that spot shows how great they are. Or uh-huh. how talented, especially their main event matches, how well they're doing with those. But yeah, they're in the death spot. So, as in, they are the crowd forced to watch one hour of a show they know nothing about so they can see this main event they're interested in. And most of the audience don't. <laughs> they leave. <Yeah. laughs> or go get drinks or something like that. And they come back from the match they don't want to see or don't come back at all. Or they're completely quiet, don't really know what's going on with 205 Live. And they're like, how long's this show? An hour? An hour? <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, it's odd. I don't know why they've switched it back. Well, so it can be live again. Because reasons. Yep. Just don't, don't start me. Don't start. <laughs> We've already done a show moaning about this. <laughs> we can move <laughs> on. Uh, so yeah, so uh, Humberto Carrillo defeated TJP and his new goatee, and that rhymes. And Carrillo does his finisher, which is done by the real man Silas Young, just on the next rope and looks better. <laughs> which is, uh, I really liked it because he did the move, and then Silas Young tweeted like, "Don't be a pussy. Do it on the top rope." Balance your head on the top turnbuckle. <laughs> that's, that's how Silas Young does it, and he's like this big forty-year-old man, or he looks it. I don't know what he is, <laughs> but Humberto uh, Carrillo uses that as his finisher because it is an impressive move. But I've just seen it coincidentally. I've just seen it done really well <laughs> by Silas Young for years, so it feels weird seeing Carrillo do it. Whilst most WWE viewers won't have that feeling, so the move is fine. <laughs> it's good. Uh, but yes, yeah, so he won with that move, and then Gulak and Gallagher lifted him up. In I don't remember there being any cheeky nonsense from them in the match. They just cheered him on, I think. Yeah, it was strange. They were even cheering him. It seemed like they were cheering him when his high flying moves connected. Ah, uh, oh um, wow! Yeah, it goes against Gulak. I know. He's he's quite enigmatic sometimes, Mister Gulak. <laughs> Or it go, or especially last week when Gallagher won and he was like hugging him and kissing him, <laughs> and telling the crowd to suck it, crowd, yep. <laughs> ground-based wrestling. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Just like ground, shouting ground-based offense <laughs> as Gallagher won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Gulak. <laughs> like every version of him is just so good. Oh. But yeah, um, it was a fine match and it led into that. For me, the only interesting thing was after the match. Well, aside from TJP's new facial hair, the most interesting thing about the match, the next development, was Gulak and Gallagher lifting Camilo above their shoulders and Camilo uh-huh. seemingly enjoying it. Yeah, poor poor boy. He's He doesn't know what's going to happen, I think. Yeah. Is that they're either, yeah, he's either going to be twisted into evil or he's going to do that uh, the twist of, I'm never turning evil... Or he's just going to get the shit beaten out of him as an example. <laughs> so how dare you, Lucha? Or something like that. And he'll win the grudge match in a few months' time. And then it'll just be back to square one with Mr. Gulak without a title in sight. Sigh. Oh. <laughs> it's really, like, he's the best worker on 205 Live to have never won a championship. It's, just, uh-huh. it's really weird. <laughs> it's, it, but it's I, I still love him. Yeah. Right, and we now move on to the main event. 
of Mr. Personality Cedric Alexander. That was sarcasm. Good <laughs> <laughs> to see you there. <laughs> they even did the package beforehand of him winning the title at WrestleMania last year. I was like, oh yeah, that did happen, didn't it? That was a good, nice touch, actually. Yeah, it shows continuity. Yes. And then they would talk about Mike Kanellis. I'm not sure about Mike Kanellis' current gimmick, but I thought Maria's promo was really good. Just as she was talking about, uh, he's won, he's become a big deal and he's won everywhere he's been. Do you think he does that by not taking on the biggest challengers? And I was, uh, the way she was doing it and the way she was being a dickhead to the interviewer, I was like, that, yeah, I really like that. That really works. Uh-huh. Even though I'm not too sure about the we advance with every loss because that's essentially what a jobber says. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's something Kurt Hawkins says. But I do like the thing of we, even though we're losing, we're taking on the toughest challengers uh-huh. and in the long run that's going to benefit us. It's as if she has something up her sleeve. Yes. Because uh, the match... Who was it with a couple of weeks ago? Oh, it was against somebody. Somebody? Uh, yeah. I can't remember. Was it? I want to say like a Lucha House person. Yeah, it was Dorado. Mm. Uh, and then she very provocatively lay across the commentary table so as, so that um, Canellis wasn't flung onto it. So she's up to... I mean, that just happens, but she interfered again this week. Uh, and it kind of with Canellis getting a pinfall and the referee spotting the shoulder going up after the fact. There's something going on with Maria more than Mike, I think. Yeah, like she is the mastermind behind the guy and eventually that's yeah. going to pay off because she is scouting and learning everything and eventually she'll come back and know exactly what yeah. to do to get him that win. Because see when Dorado beat Canellis last time, uh, Maria came into the ring and held his chin to calm him down and she just had this knowing look on her face as if she has got some sort of plan and it's just a matter of time. But, I mean, obviously at some point, I don't think he's going to go on a cut Hawkins-style losing streak. There will be a, an emphatic victory. And I'm thinking that's why um, Alexander will face Canellis in this tournament and Canellis will go through, even if it's in a later round. Yeah. Oh, yes, in the information from this match comes to play whilst uh, it's essentially cocky. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. Because otherwise this match felt kind of fillery whilst we're waiting for next week. Didn't really advance anything for Cedric other than emphasise the current run he's on. Didn't really change anything really. I feel like yeah, Mike, things might felt like they changed for Mike Kanellis because this was probably the closest he's come to a victory and probably uh-huh. the best he's looked into a revive life since he's got here. I would say. Yeah, but he still lost. <laughs> Cedric Alexander still fought through and still fought against all the cheeky tactics of I think that's weird Maria tried the odd cheeky tactic that was about it so yeah yeah there's, some, there's something afoot in the Canela's household <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm really proud of myself I'm not making any jokes while I was talking about Maria and cheeky tactics well done me oh, yeah. <laughs> nice one I'm a, I'm a big grown man. <laughs> I don't make child child jokes <laughs> or teenager jokes. Anyway, let's move. I'm not Vince McMahon. I have a higher class. <laughs> ah. Anyway, so let's move on to the final show of the week. The NXT UK. The NXT UK. No one says it like that. <laughs> Aside from like Michael Cole. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> the, old, the good old UST, NXT UK. <laughs> I was just like, oh yes. I was playing the video games last night. <laughs> <laughs> just like no you weren't Michael <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway 
So uh, we're NXT UK live once again from Phoenix, or as I'm calling it, NXT Leftovers. With Gallus, a, with the Coffee Brothers representing Gallus, facing Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster in a match of... It's really weird. I have been uh, relatively big fans of both Andrews and Webster, but for some reason on NXT UK I couldn't care less about them. Really? I don't know what it is. Like I've, I've liked them outside <laughs> for so long. I've watched them both in the UK scene, obviously. But I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because they haven't been given any character other than we're high flying, hard wrestling Welshmen, and that's about it. Like we fight for good, <laughs> and, I, and I hate those characters. <laughs> Just fight for good. The best use of those two so far has been with that mini feud with Fabian Eichner. Oh yes, uh, I, I really enjoyed that match. Oh, that was a crazy match that I I think uh, Doc had asked on Twitter. Oh, can yeah. give me excellent NXT UK matches and a lot of people were talking about the Pete Dunne title defences mm. but I'd mentioned Mark Andrews and Fabian Eichner, that was just insane, that match. Because when they came out it was just like, oh I'm expecting this to be like a middling mid-card match, it'll be fine and then it was like, match of the week <laughs> it's like, what would this come from? I think it was <laughs> <laughs> But even the uh, tag team match of uh, Morgan Webster and Andrews versus Eichner and Bartel, that one was also really good. Yeah. It's like there's, there's chemistry there. <laughs> I really, really enjoy it. Uh, but I don't know what it is, but in this match, I was into the Coffee Bros, and I was into. I've, I've, I felt a bit bored of Andrews and Webster. Like they didn't really offer that much to me. But I don't know if that's just because the crowd. Obviously, this is like all access at Royal Rumble yeah, yeah. in Phoenix, so it's, it's a weird one because sound is getting lost all over the place in that yes. arena they were in. You can't even hear the. See when Trent Seven came down. I couldn't hear his entrance music at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like, his is normally like dancey, happy music, which they're kind of uh-huh. mental for, and you can't really hear it. Uh, and the, the biggest lost thing is obviously the crowd. Uh-huh. Because well, if if you can hear the crowd, it's quiet, obviously, because there's not many of them. And also, there's no singing, <laughs> which is the most missed thing. It's bizarre. It's a strange setup, these Phoenix tapings, I have to say. Yes, yeah. It, it felt like a thing where, because they often do this for like one week, but to record two or three weeks there is odd. Like they're not a crowd you record three weeks of television in front of. I know. <laughs> they're, they're a spe- it's a special. I, was, uh, I, I thought it fit because I've done Worlds Collide the week, uh, the week previously as well. So that all fit in my head. I was like, oh, so it'll just be one week. And then I tuned in this week. I was like, oh, we're still in Phoenix. <laughs> okay, then that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I, I know the Coventry tapings are either happening next week or soon. I asked Maverick. He seemed to know things about UK. Yeah. The twenty something, and we are in the twenty something of February, so it must be this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So one of these next seven days, <laughs> you would think, and I know we are at the weekend, but it's Coventry tapings, if I might, are the next ones. I don't know how nice the venue is. I'm not. I'm, I don't know many venues. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the set. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the all the amazing venues across the UK. <laughs> I know they exist, but I couldn't tell you their names or where they are. <laughs> Anything yeah. like that. Ah. Uh, I've been to Glasgow's one. The Hydro, is it? Yes. That's yeah, that's a good, really good. It's relatively new. I think it was 2012, 2013. Uh. Uh, and it's built into the ground. Um, it's it's quite a high... It's quite... Um, the acoustics are taught... I went to see Queens of the Stone Age in there one time and the sound was just pitch perfect. And I've seen... Do you I... remember the, the raw where... The Monday Night Raw where they sang for Bailey for about 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. That was then. 
<laughs> oh, I've, I've watched the um, it's ICW. I can remember I would say IWC or ICW. But yeah, the <laughs> ICW shows in the Hydro that happen every single year. Yeah. Which is, uh, again, to the Americans who not, don't really know what we're on about, yeah, they had Raw in that building, which tells you how big the attendance is. And for UK wrestling, it was huge when ICW... So oh. they, yeah, it's, it's the Andy Murray rule where if it's bad, it's Scottish. If it's good, it's UK. Yes, <laughs> yes. I know that thing very well. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, for British wrestling, because this is a good thing, uh, when ICW, like, did they sell out the Hydro on their first go? Or, the, the, or at least their numbers? The allocation, they sold out the allocations, mm. but um, the Hydro can hold close to 20,000, I believe. So uh, I don't think it was that high. And it has, the numbers have dropped the last couple of years. And I think Mark Dallas actually said they'll be moving on. It's fear and loathing. That's that's ICW's their big event of the year, and I think he said that they'll be moving to somewhere new come December this year. Ah, right. Because I feel like progress have gained momentum, and maybe ICW maybe fell a little bit. Possibly. I I don't follow progress, uh, so I can't say about their momentum. ICW's momentum may have dropped, but at the moment their creative is excellent. It's the best I've seen so far. In my admittedly short time watching it, but they've got some really good stuff going on just now. They have the a Square Go pay-per-view, which is basically a Royal Rumble equivalent this Sunday. Oh. Uh, um, so, got the Royal Rumble match. The champion, Lionheart, will be facing Angelico. Uh, yeah, South African jumpy yeah. man. Jumpy. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> but yeah. Tony Storm versus Kaylee Ray, actually, for the women's title as well. Oh, that should be good. Yes, and Joe Coffey is facing, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Uh, We we talked about him last time I was on. Ilya Dragunov? Maybe. Let me just... Russian lad. I think so. I think he's Russian. (laughs) Yeah, Ilya Dragunov. It's like I-L-J-A, I think his name is. It's like Ilya, which I think it is. I might be wrong entirely. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know the card, <laughs> so I've got no idea if that's right. But all I know is it is. It's Ilya Dragunov for the the Zero G Championship. So oh, with that uh, awesome looking new belt. Uh huh. Yes. Oh yes, lovely. So it's, got, so, it's got like a giant Z and a G on it, and it's like the uh-huh. lower part of the middle title. It looks awesome. <laughs> so yes, kudos IWC guys. That title, sorry, IWC, uh-huh. got it wrong. <laughs> ICW. <laughs> Professional so, wrestling journalists. Strike the th- the strike thing two. with that is with the Gallus guys uh, and Tony Storm, Kaylee Ray, I know she's just had a video vignette on NXT UK with the Square Go happening this Sunday. I'm not sure there will be much Scottish representation in the Coventry tapings. I'm not sure how much there will be if it falls on the same weekend. That's a very good point. I hadn't thought about that. Uh. Yes, yes. But yeah, so that I feel like, well, Kenny may probably continue to hype up via vignettes for a bit, that it didn't need to have her on these next set of tapings. Although, feel, normally in NXT UK, they'll do the vignettes and the next tapings are on. I'm just going by like, the rules for like someone like Ginny, where they did that, where, or, or Eddie Dennis, where they did the vignettes for weeks and then they appeared on like the next set, of, like the second recordings or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eddie Dennis doesn't quite count because they did so many tapings <laughs> and just didn't air them for weeks and then they had to rush them out two at once. I know. <laughs> That's the best thing to have to the UK is at least it's only one episode a week now. And... It's great for podcasts like this. Yes. <laughs> for us folk covering it every single week, it, it got crazy, <laughs> especially when two of our lives on the same day. It's like I'm having to watch four hours... 
Oh, and I've already watched three on Monday, or sorry, three on Tuesday from the Monday show <laughs> to on. Uh, like, oh, I much was, prefer it to uh, that now. The Me Young Classic was on as well. Oh, it was, it? wasn't it? Oh, God, that was mental. <laughs> Stressful. Oh, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, that's more of a feat than covering the G1 Climax every day. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the Coffee Brothers, how do we get on to... <laughs> Yeah, so they, yeah, oh, they're Scottish. That'll do. That's a big enough link for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Coffee Brothers defeated the Flippy Welshman, and uh, he, yes, uh, Joe Coffey hitting a, a stiff ass lariat. So good for him. I do like the chance for Mark Coffey where it's just, you're just a shit Joe Coffey. It's <laughs> not really funny. Because <laughs> when I look at Mark Coffey, he's like, ah, you're like Joe Coffey, but not quite. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's how I describe him as a wrestler. Anyway, I think next we did get the vignette for Kaylee Ray. She was talking about her debuting soon. They showed her in Blackpool as well, where everyone went, oh, Kaylee Ray, she's cool. Uh, showed her stuff on the Mae Young Classic, and she's talking about how her edge is her in- intelligence. She's this, In a way, she's like a baby-faced version of Ginny's reasons why she's a good wrestler. Right. But she's not a, an ass about it, and she doesn't see herself as greater than, which is kind of Ginny's thing, where I'm super smart, therefore I'm greater yeah. than, whilst Kaylee Ray's is, I'm super smart, therefore that makes me good at the wrestling. <laughs> but she puts it better than that with the words <laughs> but it, that's essentially what she's getting across but yeah she might be at the Coventry tapings as Clive was just pointing out she's defending a title on IWC, ICW why does he ICWC? <laughs> I, I do it as well I, I've just, I've just um, googled there the Coventry tapings are actually tomorrow and Saturday so oh, they, don't, they don't clash with the square go so ah, oh so she yeah, might be on the tapings then might be hmm so if you live near the Coventry area, you can go. If there's still tickets, I don't know if they sold out. I've not kept up. I didn't even know when they were. <laughs> so that shows me. Professional journalist, strike three. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Trent Seven defend, defending, defeating Shane Thorne. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need. To, I don't need to introduce this as Seven versus Thorne. It's no Seven defeated Thorne, <laughs> which yeah. happens. I thought that was a good touch. But whenever there was somebody who wasn't on NXT UK, they lost. Like me and him last week lost to Ginny. It wasn't mm-hmm. something like, they're the biggest star, therefore they should win. It's like, no, no, yeah. NXT UK is the stars. Awesome times. Plus it's just in front of the Phoenix crowd, so you've got to somehow make them make some noise. <laughs> I guess. We'll get on to that with the next segment. But uh, Trent Seven defeated Shane Thorne with the... Did he call it the Rainmaker clothesline? I don't know what he calls it. Uh, seven Star Lariat. Seven Star Lariat. There we bloody go. So yes, it's like a it is like a uh, Rainmaker clothesline, but with oomph and a bit a bit more of a slap of the arm goes straight to the person's chest, <laughs> like a st- stiff wrestler. <laughs> <That's a joke. laughs> oh, phrasing, Matthew. <laughs> anyway, so Trent Seven defeated Shane Thorne. Now, what are your thoughts on Shane Thorne? Because I personally see him as a guy who has found a lot of character, interestingly, despite the fact that he got split from his tag team oh. partner and he's not really had much time to figure anything out. He's just gone out as a heel <laughs> thing and he's doing the whole the worst, be the worst thing. And I feel like he could be one for the future once the current guys have moved on, but because he's not really getting much time to develop anything at the moment. But I feel <laughs> like there's something there. I always thought that he was the infinitely more interesting character between him and Nick Miller anyway to be honest yeah, agreed, it, yeah. just, it just seemed quite charismatic and a wee bit crazy in the ring with his just daft mannerisms and I think him being a singles wrestler that'll do wonders for him he's Australian so that fits with NXT's Commonwealth 
NXT UK. It should be called NXT Commonwealth, really. So um, I'd really enjoyed this match, actually. It just seemed to stand out for me personally. So I wouldn't mind seeing Shane Thorne again in NXT UK. Yeah. As soon as you said NXT Commonwealth, I was like, oh, that means Kofi Kingston could wrestle. <laughs> Representing Jamaica. <America. laughs> One of the many countries he represents. Yes. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, totally, yeah, totally agree with everything he said. I really rate Shane Thorne, but of course he's not really getting much time to develop stuff. So they had to get his entire character across yeah. whilst the match was happening or was making his entrance. And there's quite a lot that he's saying. <laughs> Plus, I like I do like Nigel McGuinness. He seems to when he when he reacts to something, it feels genuine. It does. So when he says, "Oh, that's brilliant," I like that. I was like, "Yeah, I believe you, Nigel." Uh-huh. <laughs> you're not like uh, Michael Cole said this uh, as a person runs to the ring saying this person likes to have fun oh <laughs> this is... person's moody <laughs> oh I can't believe he said that <laughs> well, if, if you didn't catch that when Alistair Black was making his entrance they're doing the whole gothic thing and then then he seemingly thinking it was a good word to use called Alistair Black moody which was just like I mean, how is that gonna know Michael <laughs> what are you doing I mean, See when I can't remember what takeover it was. It might have been against Itami, but there was a takeover entrance for Alistair Black where there was a live band playing his entrance music, mm. and they were giving themselves whiplash with the amount of headbanging going on, <laughs> and Alistair Black's just standing in the middle like a statue, and it was such a great visual, and it said so much about Black's character that there's chaos in his mind, but he's on the surface he's calm and collected. And then Michael Cole says he's moody. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so he's so yeah, he's, he's pictured that shot, and then just the commentator's going, "He's a right moody bastard, isn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> it just breaks everything into the diet order. So yeah, but the thing that made me laugh is you might have been talking about Ricochet or somebody, but Michael Cole says uh, this star likes to have fun. To which Corey Graves went, "Who doesn't like to have fun?" <laughs> and it seemed to completely throw Cole. <laughs> like he didn't know how to react to that it's, just, it's one of those just blatant points it's like what are you on about Michael mm-hmm. uh, and apparently for for whatever the next match was he said it again Michael Cole and Corey Graves just didn't say anything <laughs> he just called them it. says he likes that they like to have fun it's like yes that is it is that's like the um, oh the the Miller Band manifesto that he etched on stone where it was like just things of uh, it's like these are policies I'm going to stick by them they're things of better education better jobs <laughs> it's like well yes that would be nice wouldn't it <laughs> but there's no specifics there <laughs> there's change everything just genetic stuff yeah <laughs> so I won't go on about British politics too much American listeners <laughs> just to alienate everybody uh, but yes I like I like Shane Thorne it's the point I was trying to get across but yeah Trent Seven is the star and he is on NXT UK even though Thorne is part of the Commonwealth, he's not actually on UK. So all that means is on NXT events, he teams up with Ray Ripley, and apparently they have really good matches. That's <laughs> <laughs> Australian, of course. <laughs> well, because the um, the dynamic is Ray Ripley can then lift Shane Thorne onto her shoulders. I think Ray Ripley could lift Great Kali onto her shoulders, to be honest. <laughs> oh, she's one of those where uh, she'll never be build as like the monster of the division but she can should definitely wrestle as it uh-huh. the, the just the awesome destructive force we'll get to her in a minute uh, anyway after this the crowd were put to sleep by the grizzled young veterans <laughs> which i thought was really funny just because my assumption was no one in that crowd or most people in that crowd didn't know who these guys were 
so what they were talking about didn't mean anything to them and I saw people I saw younger people in the crowd just like stretching or kind of <laughs> just dully looking from side to side to side not really just waiting for the segment to end and then when um uh, Birch and Lorcan came out <laughs> to uh, I, I think you should you guys should shut it or <laughs> whatever Birch says <laughs> <laughs> like shut it you man <laughs> whatever he says um people in the crowd were like yes yes they should just thank god mm-hmm. <laughs> it was more of a thank god that's over rather than yes you should heels which uh, <laughs> I love I love I love Birch's delivery just because it's not an accent you hear on WWE oh no no <laughs> It's like, yeah, right, man, you are. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could say numpty, and it would feel like a genuine insult. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, love, I love that accent. Plonker. If he said plonker, it would go over. That would be the... <laughs> You're right, plonker. No, I can't say. <laughs> You're right, plonker, you are. Oh, God, Zach, of oh, Jesus Christ. Remember the names of people that would help. Because <laughs> I can't do the only fools and horses quote, because Americans won't get it. <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, the quote is, you're a plonker, Rodney. <laughs> just search that in Google you'll get loads of YouTube hits understand <laughs> what I'm on about uh, but yeah so uh, I, found, I did find that interesting where the where Zach Gibson did his awesome heel promo but the people were just bored <laughs> it to end. lost on them uh, yeah completely lost on them uh, then the uh, challenges came out and this is to set up the fact that they are facing each other next week for the tag team championships I'm assuming this will be the main event of the hopefully final Phoenix mm-hmm. tapings uh, yes, the final of the NXT leftovers just finally done, over with. We've eaten the uh-huh. whole meal. It was fine. <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, really looking forward to that match though. When I heard it was announced, I was my jaw was on the floor at the prospect of just because I know how grizzled young veterans wrestle, mm. and I know how the Britain brawlers wrestle, and I just think that's a match made in heaven. I can't really. I'm so excited. I'll get some popcorn in for it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you can't hear the crowd or their music, <laughs> it should be a, a, a banger of a match. <laughs> yeah. To use a British phrase. Uh, but yes, yeah, all, really looking forward to that match where or three bold lads and a James Drake. <laughs> That's what we calling it. Jacket on as well. <laughs> oh, he's, he's got his own face on his ass. I love, I love those jazz. <laughs> <laughs> but those chants won't be happening. Oh, <laughs> there's no shoe stuff or anything. Oh. Oh, a Gibson promo with no nonsense. What is this? <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, so before we get to the main event, I can't remember when in the show this happened, but Jordan Devlin gave a lovely promo on a beach. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I thought the promo was really good. I've not sold it there. <laughs> but he was back home in County Whitlow and he did a, pro- a menacing promo on the beach uh, to... Uh, What's his face? New Zealand kicks. Travis Banks. Thank you, Travis Banks. Banks. <laughs> he did a promo uh, taking the piss out of his nose. Apparently, <laughs> it was like That's, uh, yeah, he does, doesn't he? I never thought about that before. <laughs> he does have his nose has a presence. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out, Jordan. Uh, they've got a match at some point, assumably. Uh, Jordan Devlin was just doing the menacing, menacing thing of I'm climbing the ranks for a reason. Like the if you want this match, I'll happily fight you, but. Like just make sure you know what you're in for, which I thought was an awesome kind of way for him to stand. Like the uh-huh. stand for him to take that just made all sense in the world, and the fact he seemed menacing on a beach that takes skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you even hear the crunch of the stones underneath him? Yes, yeah, so like, this is an Irish beach. This is not a beach you would <laughs> <they> see <laughs> like in Florida or anything like that. <laughs> no, not a grain of sand in sight, and if it is in sight, it looks more like brown mud. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just... it's that horrible seaweed. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just that the thing of, what, you go to the beach in barefoot? Are you crazy? <laughs> the pebbles, the stones, it must hurt. Uh, <laughs> it's like... uh, uh, big Timberland steel toe cat boots to go on the beaches in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, a lot of beaches in England as well. I'm assuming... And Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's by a lock. But that's, that's not a beach. That's like a... a, a... Oh, I'm trying to think of locks more like rivers in a way, but they're quite open, so I don't know. Oh, I've not thought about this before, especially live on air. <laughs> the discussion. All I can say is locks are freezing. Yes. <laughs> That's probably what they are, freezing versions of rivers. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> oh, they look lovely, but they're bloody freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Baltic. Baltic is the word, I think. <laughs> yeah, Baltic rivers. And it fits a Scottish accent, the Baltic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, great promo for Jordan Devlin, and he seems to have the right footwear on because you could hear it. <laughs> She's stepping across it. Uh, anyway, this this took us to the main event of the NXT UK Women's Championship on the line between Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley, the third match between the two of them, and it delivered once again. I really enjoyed this. Yes. Yeah. So I saw that Clive put these in his uh, in his uh, wrestlers that he's nominated for the Power Ten. That's written on all the page every single week. Uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, Tony Storm fighting up against Ray Ripley, just smashing her really hard into the mat of like power bombs and things. So uh-huh. Essentially, you think Storm might be able to get the advantage, then Ray Ripley would just knock the wind out of her, yeah. and Storm would somehow kick out. Which is it's one of those things where um, you would have thought by the third match I might have gotten bored of it, but no, it really works still. <laughs> it's, it's a really good pairing, definitely. Mm. Yeah, like um, like Rhea Ripley's already got some amazing pairings, like her and Casey Catanzaro. Where uh-huh. uh, I saw some stuff on the uh, like on the Twitter, and then they did it in the Royal Rumble as well. I was like, this is awesome! They get to show this their amazing chemistry in the Royal Rumble of all places. Uh, yeah, Rhea Ripley's got amazing chemistry with lots of wrestlers. I'm assuming because of her strength and size, probably. And she's got the I was going to say Randy Orton timing, but she's got good timing. Meaning she could put in less effort and still get reactions, uh-huh. but she, she still does the huge power slams and things. Well, so yeah, awesome. See, I, I googled her her height because she just looks huge, and it said that she's only five foot eight. And I thought that's or even seven. And I thought no, someone's lying here. She must be at <laughs> least twelve feet tall. Mm. Well, I thought she was a volleyball player, and they're normally quite tall. I thought, uh-huh. and that's just a thought I had via. Research, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I really rate Ray Ripley. Maybe she's just jacked, bro. She's looking jacked, she's looking jacked, bro. Yeah, <laughs> she's down in Venice Beach all the time, and just <laughs> pumping iron. But yeah, so yeah, she is, um, yeah, she's way stronger than almost everybody on that roster. Like, I, f- I feel like an interesting pairing would be her and Ginny as well. <laughs> it's because Ginny is so skinny that Ray Ripley just doing a power bond on her would look devastating. It <laughs> Like whenever that happens, that's another reason why Ginny's such a good wrestler. <laughs> like she's an absolute bitch in her character, but she but when she has a, when she takes a move, it looks devastating. So it's it's awesome. She's yeah. I really rate Ginny. <laughs> I've gone onto a tangent, <laughs> well, likely. Uh, but yeah, so Tony Storm fought back from being slammed into the ring, having the wind knocked out of her countless times, and never gave up. And eventually, she hit the Storm Hero on Ray Ripley and got the win. Well done, Tony. It's one of those where you feel like the, the ending would have had more to it if it was on pay-per-view. But not for you Phoenix fans who don't sing. <laughs> no, you have to sing for your match. 
<laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the Coventry fans will get their good match. <laughs> They'll be happy and sing. Yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, so what did you make of this match? Again, I really rated it. It, felt, it was one of those where, because I'd already watched um, good wrestling in front of a dead crowd on Raw, I was kind of, I was fine with this. <laughs> it didn't seem out of place. Uh-huh. I, was, I was ready to watch a really good match in front of a dead crowd. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think because we've seen what Phoenix was like last week, mm. I knew that it would be a quiet crowd, but I was very invested in the match. I've just, I'm in love with how how dominant Ripley seems. Um, she's just tearing up the ring and Storm is, is very good at the underdog role but at the same time Storm can come out of nowhere, she's really crisp with her offence, I've, I've found that um, she hardly ever puts a foot wrong it's really good to see, I just think it's early days but they, they've got this um, classic rivalry thing between them I know classic rivalry for two young women in the start of a, pro, in the start of a new brand is strong words but they do have really good chemistry together and I wouldn't mind seeing them fight again actually yeah yeah, it's it's weird yeah because normally after you've watched the third one you go yep that's it I'm done now and especially in WWE's world where like I complain constantly about Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles just happening again and again and again and the same with AJ Styles and Mojo Joe it just happened again and again. I just got bored of it. Like I'm done with. Like, I don't want to see Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. I'm done with it. I really like both guys. It feels weird to say that, but I'm done <laughs> seeing yeah. them again. The story's been told, and maybe the story mm. has been told between Storm and Ripley. And there are um, some women there who are waiting. Uh, it's t- I think it's time for the revolving door to start moving with regards to who the next challenger might be. So I just hope they do have something in store for Rhea Ripley. Maybe there's a a triple threat in the cards or something like that. I don't know, but yeah. one thing about the match is with all these network shows, the main events are always cracking all the time. Yeah, every week. Yeah, it's... all the time. Whilst on... Oh, well, as I, say, I say it all the time, but Monday Night Raw is the anomaly, not the example. And it's unfortunate that the mainstream audience will watch Raw, and if they like Raw, then they'll tune into the others. Mm-hmm. Like, it's unfortunate that's the case. Because Raw, again, is the anomaly, not the example. And I really enjoy SmackDown every week. Uh, like the, I think the big difference is the main event doesn't always hit out, hit home like they do constantly on the other network shows. But I enjoy the show overall. While for 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK, even if the show's a bit slower paced and maybe I don't get into some of the lower card matches, the main event almost always dis- delivers. Which is, to say that about three shows every week, uh-huh. <laughs> that's awesome to say. And that's mainly like the reason I switched the this show to covering these network shows was pretty much because, yeah, I actually enjoy watching these. Yeah. See, <laughs> sometimes it, when it's pay-per-view week, the, the Power 10 that we were talking about, when I'm picking my five, hmm. there's always usually big standout performances by at least five of them, but I make a conscious effort to wait until I've seen all the network shows because I'd, I like to try and do Raw... Someone from Raw, someone from SmackDown, and someone from the other three to try and make, just get enough representation from everyone. Uh, and I'm glad I do because, as we've said many a time, the main events have been just fantastic. They remember the six-man tag between Gallus and Strongstyle yes. before takeover. That was excellent. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So in going through our matches of what to definitely recommend, just in case you don't have time, you want to rather check out a match. Uh, Dream vs Gargano and Storm vs Ripley definitely I guess if you've got time Alexander Canales ended on a good note 
got it got interesting. The match got yeah. quite exciting towards the end. Yeah, as like most two or five live matches do, mm-hmm. even if they're standard. By the end, that like, you really invested. But that's really something about the Storm Ripley match because after the uh, Grizzled and Veterans promo, where I saw the crowd just just desperate for it to end, <laughs> uh, and then um, I was watching the crowd during Storm and Ripley's match, and like for, especially for the latter half, like everybody's like still watching it, invested. Which is like they're the two sides of you're either still an invested or making loads of noise and invested. Both <laughs> like for me, I I like both. I don't know what what wrestlers prefer. <laughs> Maybe if if they're invested in watching, that's like their job done, well done. Uh-huh. But that's kind of proof that these guys, the, uh, the women, were putting on a really good match. Is <laughs> that they've done their job. Everybody's invested. Well done. This match is great. Uh, nice building up for both of them. But yes, I agree. There are heels being built up for Tony Storm. Maybe like Ginny, she could be next. But for Rhea Ripley, there's not really much going on, and I think I've talked about this before. But the soon, I feel like we'll fi- figure, we'll find out what the kind of like hierarchy is like in terms of graduation, mm-hmm. if there is any graduation as well. We don't know. <laughs> like, do you go from NXT UK to NXT, or do you go to the main roster? What's going to happen with Pete Dunne and Ray Ripley because they get into a point where is there going to be something for them, or are they going to move on? Well, they're so similar to each other that if they if they stand next to each other too often, they'll just merge into one person. <laughs> <laughs> Someone made the point uh, just saying that you can really tell that Ray Ripley's had influence from Triple H. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like yeah. the badass motorcycle chick is going to beat the living shit out of you. <laughs> Comes out to the metal music. <laughs> just like, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> like uh, somebody's, uh, I think Michael Cole said, uh, loads of people comparing Ray Ripley to Charlotte. I was like, are they? <laughs> when, yeah. Uh, I I guess they're blonde and tall. Is that close enough? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm standing with Clive. Ray Ripley's tall, damn it. I won't believe the internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> it said my eyes down when she's tall. 12 feet tall, mate. Oh, 12 feet tall, yes. <laughs> she's twice the size of Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> she's that tall. <laughs> uh, anyway, that brings us to the end of the show for this week. Uh, thank you for listening to all of our nonsense and whatever. Uh, you can hear Clive on the Ricky and Clive show, which came out was it earlier today or yesterday? Uh, late last night, BST, so it is available. Hmm. Yeah, so you can check that out on the Social Suplex Network. Uh, before I plug my stuff to sign off, do you want to rattle through all of your bollocks, as I call it? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so we are at Ricky and Clive on the Twitter. The Twitter. You're doing the Michael Cole thing when I say the Twitter. <laughs> uh, we're at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. We also now have T-shirts available on Pro Wrestling Tees. There's a few, uh, there's a few social suplex T-shirts, and if you just look up social suplex in the Pro Wrestling Tees website, all the many podcasts that we've got, we've got lots now where we've managed to actually have a weekly schedule, a bit like Lords of Pain. Good We're trying to stick to that. Um, SocialSuplex.com has the podcasts as well as columns that we write up as well. Um, I think that's it. We've got the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group if you want to join that and chat all things wrestling. I could go on, but I'll probably make a fool of myself and miss something out, so I'll stop because I think I've covered the main ones. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a reason I started plugging the shows at the start of the show. Yes. (laughs) Because by the end of it, my mouth doesn't move right. (laughs) There's lots of words to say and names to say, and I'll forget something, even if it's written down in front of me. It doesn't matter. I'll get it wrong. Uh, But yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat. Uh, I am pumping my columns out every Monday at this moment. 
I've been taking part in... Oh, that's something we forgot to plug. <laughs> the tournament currently happening in the Columns Forum, the King of the Kings of the Columnists. There we go. Uh, I'm expecting to be knocked out. I'm surprised my column was as good as it was. I wrote it because I thought we had the weekend because it's the quarterfinals and the judges were waiting on the scores from the judges in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was I was in the quarterfinals, so it was Clive, so it was right, like Plan and so Sam. Uh, one of the judges is the doc to kind of show up for how seriously he's been taken. And I thought I had the weekend to write my column. And on Saturday, about just under two hours before the deadline, oh, no, 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 it was just under two hours before I had to leave the house. At like, I had to leave at like three something. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like, oh, the deadline's at five. Like, I'm not going to be back until like the next day, <laughs> like after midnight. That's so, unfortunate. So I, I uh, wrote and uploaded, like, finished posting and everything, my column within an hour and a half. It shows. <laughs> so, That's still impressive, though. I, I, I was bloody, bloody proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've noticed multiple uh, like errors with my grammar and multiple words. Like I've, I've used the wrong there and there. Like, damn it, simple oh. ones. Like, like with a proofread, that wouldn't be there. But I didn't have time for a proofread. The fact, <laughs> the fact, as good as it is, is incredible. And so I'm proud I did that in that time, even though. That column deserves to get knocked out. <laughs> like if if I make it through, that's not justice. <laughs> Especially with how good my opponent's column was. Uh, well done to Arpoff. You can read his column on the main page as well. Uh, Doc uploaded it. I think through to Sam just to make things complicated. But <laughs> but yeah, so you can read the column which is going to knock me out. If it doesn't, I'm having a word with the judges. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, who are you up against? Can you remember, Clive? Uh, Jacob wrestles God, I think. Ah, uh, yes, he, he's. I think he said he wasn't too happy with his column or something. I don't know if I'm, I might be getting confused with the last round. Uh, I need to read and feedback everybody. In that uh, Jacob's just doing the reverse psychology thing. Ah, right. Well, yeah, because I went with. I think my it was corruption. That was my topic. So everybody in the tournament got the a topic and had to talk about it in uh, under one thousand eight hundred words. Which is like, for me, it's like, oh crap, I've got to have a word limit, damn it. <laughs> Even Doc was saying, yeah, if you didn't have a word limit, this would be great. <laughs> so, yeah, my thing is, well, what if I didn't have a one hour time limit? <laughs> or something else. But uh, yeah, so I was talking about corruption, and Arpoff um, has written a column on Saudi Arabia, and I, that's my first thought was to write about Saudi Arabia. But then I thought, oh, I've already written about them twice. I'm going to have to write about them again at the like come May. So I don't want to write about it again. <laughs> so I went with corruption of the memory as a topic, but I didn't blatantly say that was what was happening. So <laughs> um, a few of the things on the judges through the comments seem to be saying that uh, I was like, I'm not sure quite how this links. I was like, well, I was going for corruption of memory, but I didn't actually write that in the column. <laughs> so we'll see if anyone makes the link or not. <laughs> Sorry, it's a fifty-fifty. Uh, so yeah, but yeah. So um, everybody's expecting. Plan is the heavy favourite. So that yeah, is it got quality writers in this tournament? If Clive makes it through to the next round, he'd like to be amongst uh, Sam and this uh, yeah, and our who's deserved it and and Plan. You've not got a good draw, I'll be honest, Clive. Well, <laughs> if if I get through, I mean, yeah. from the judges' feedback, it could go either way. I think, um, but if if I do, then I might just put in as a column. I forfeit. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Die with dignity. <laughs> the table. <laughs> I like. Um, I think it's Law who's come up against Plan this round. Uh, just his response of um, looking at got plans like, could I still qualify? Well, 
plan could, you know, have an internet malfunction <laughs> or something. He, he could have a horrible accident where he loses his hands <laughs> or something. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, no. <laughs> that was hilarious. But anyway, yes, I was meant to just be plugging the tournament instead of having a, like a 20-minute conversation about okay. it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that tournament is currently happening. The quarterfinals results should be in. You can read all of the columns that have taken place. Uh, guys who have already been knocked out, like uh, Jeremy Donovan from the King of Strong King of Strong Style. That's not right. What's the podcast called? Keeping it strong style. Keeping it strong style. And bloody, I got kissed, but I couldn't remember the words. <laughs> I remember the anagram. Uh, but yeah, so Jeremy Donovan from Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, he took part in the tournament, but ah, the writers are too good. <laughs> it's a proof of how strong the field is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's staggeringly high quality. Yeah, so like, uh, I have never done one in tournaments. Like, the best I ever did was, um, I think I uploaded onto the main page afterwards where I just went into New Japan's history for like the first time I did it, and it, yes, I was really proud of it. And I still got knocked out. <laughs> yes. Proof that it's a great tournament. I am getting knocked out in this round. I'm certain of it. To be fair, the, the column wasn't, you know, when I say I'm getting knocked out, it wasn't an amazing column from me. It was a rush column, but still, yes, proof of how great the standard is. And whoever's in that semi-final deserves it. Uh, to Really, to get through to this round, you had to show quality. Like everyone who made it through to this round showed quality. And if you make it through to the semi-final, that's the quality we're on about, where it's just like really high, <laughs> really high standard of writing, to the point where points are decided by grammar. Which kind of tells you like how high standard this is. So yes, please check that out in the comments forum. Uh, high quality tournament taking place. That's pretty much what we've taken like 15 minutes to say. Yeah, it's high quality, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be back next week covering the WWE Network shows. I don't think I've got a guest, but I it might. I'm not going to say anything just in case it's definitely not because it's a it's a thing of if it happens, it's not super planned. <laughs> it's just going to happen. Like, oh, availability. That kind of plannedness. Like a Vince McMahon Raw. <laughs> it just, on a whim, it just happens. <laughs> so, I'll say it's a solo show. <laughs> I'll plug it as a solo show and it might might not be. But anyway, be covering the network shows once again. Soon there will be a, a kind of another revamped and perfect wrestling show, but that won't be till WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania always throws stuff up in the air, so I might be dropping off covering the network again <laughs> just as it gets into WrestleMania season. But you've come to expect me for me. I hardly use the format of my show. Ah. And <laughs> with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to all of those pain radio shows, especially my nonsense. And with that, I bid you adieu. So does Clive. Adieu. <laughs> Adios. Ten.